0: Scary Parish, welcome back to the CBS Sports Eye on College Basketball podcast where we sometimes discuss camel fighting dodo birds and leaky black. Matt Norlander is here with you. If you're watching on YouTube, smash the like button like you're Brandon Davies. You have consent. And if you haven't yet, subscribe to the CBS Sports College Basketball YouTube channel. Also do that while you're here. Let's get into it. Today we are continuing our summer shoot-around a series that we're going to be doing over a Seven-week span. We've already published episodes on Arizona, Arkansas, Baylor, Connecticut, Creighton, and Duke. We're working in alphabetical order, so now we're turning our attention to Florida Atlantic (FAU). Went thirty-five and four last season. The Owls were eighteen and two in conference USA. Won the league, won the league tournament, got a nine seed in the NCAA tournament, then beat Memphis, Fairleigh Dickinson, Tennessee, and Kansas State to advance. To the final four. They had a 14 point lead. I don't mean to bring up bad stuff. Had a 14 point lead in the second half of their final four game against San Diego State, but they let the Aztecs get back in it. And then Lamont Butler got them at the buzzer. Final score 72 71. That's how the AL season ended. That's the bad news. Good news is that all five starters from that final four team are back. The only notable loss is michael forrest who averaged 20.8 minutes per game he mattered but every other guy who mattered is back which is why i have florida atlantic ranked fourth in the top 25 and one we'll see what norlander thinks about that next but first a word from our partners
1: another day is here and you're ready for it what to wear check breakfast lunch and dinner check planning for what's next and how to save for it that's where bank of america can help Also continue to send in your comments and questions to the show over email shouts to CBS at gmail.com include your name and the town or city you are from. We've got a great variety of general intrigue and really random comments that have filled up the inbox since we started that email address last year. Uh, Send it whenever inspiration hits you in the middle of a show or in the middle of the night. Doesn't matter to us. Uh, Some of these things are funny and we can't respond to everyone and we can't get everyone on the show. But you never know. We have had some random ones pop in. And on the mailbag note, um, we have done some video submissions in the past. Would like to do more. So if you feel compelled, keep it simple. Who you are, where you're from, and your question, wrap it. 15 seconds or less. Shorter the better, right to the point. Um, We appreciate some of the videos that say you know who you are, where you're from and why you like the show, but we want to keep it tight. So if you can keep it tight, you want to send in something
0: you might just see yourself on YouTube. Okay. Deadleg, Florida mm. Atlantic as a preseason top five team. Do you love it ah. or do you loathe it? All right. I, I'll t- take what I can take there.
1: Top five. All right. F- first things first, as I mentioned to you just before we started taping here, listen, I've got doubts about whether and about, you know, Tom is whoever listening to this podcast. I don't think Jim Larenega is, you know, I don't I'm not happy to to admit this, but something tells me Jim Laranega isn't subscribed to the CBS Sports YouTube channel. <laughs> like I don't I don't know if Rick Patino's dialing in with regularity, uh, Greg McDermott, Matt Tainer, Shaka Smart. Something tells me John Calipari isn't uh, isn't a, a Spotify subscriber, and that's fine if that's the case. But the one coach I know listens to this podcast and listens to it regularly is Dusty May of FAU. So shouts to him, and not only just him. As he explained to me last season when I wrote a feature on the Owls, his team is basketball obsessed, and multiple guys on that roster literally listen to basketball podcasts all the time. So I say that as as Let's prefacing for this. FAU top five is, out. it feels outrageous. Now, I, I, I love it. I love that you're doing this. But do we really think we're going to get to Selection Sunday and FAU will be a one or a two seed? Because when you tell me that they are fourth, are you, as a reminder to people that haven't listened to the podcast for a long time, just a reset on this, you've got FAU fourth. In your offseason top 25 and one going into the season, it's tremendously ambitious and I do love that. But does that mean because of what they have, you think that they will be the fourth best team when we get to selection Sunday or the end of the season? Or do you think compared to every other roster that's out there, that's just where it lies and it's not necessarily a predictive uh, ranking of where you think they'll be in March, but rather where you think they set up on the first game of the season?
0: No, I'm not going to try to split hairs here. I mean, it is obviously based on, this is what I think this roster that has accomplished these things, this is where I believe it should be ranked heading into the season. But do I think Fart Atlantic can be one of the five best teams in college basketball next season? Yes. Now, that doesn't necessarily mean I think they're going to get a one seed or a two seed, because uh, the committee will undervalue them. Same way they did last season. If you joke. remember, Fart Atlantic... <laughs> Um, was, I, I believe, 23rd at Ken Palm heading into the season. I mean, heading into the NCAA tournament. Okay. 23rd at Ken Palm, heading into the NCAA tournament. They had just won their league, a league that had at least two other good teams, two other top 50 Ken Palm teams. They won their league tournament, and they got a nine seed. You know, based on uh, the Ken Palm numbers, they should have been a, a six seed, and yet they were a nine seed. So – uh, yeah. They they can be undervalued by the committee and be giving a seed that they don't deserve, but no, I'll, I'll stand on it. I think Florida Atlantic can be one of the five best teams in college basketball next season. They were one of the best teams in college basketball last season, even if it took a lot of people till the NCAA tournament to notice. All right. I'll just a little
1: from last season and then and then I got something on the season like, yeah, last season, an absolute joke. This team was a nine seed. I said it, uh, Going into the selection Sunday, I said they'd be underseeded, and I had hoped that maybe they'd be a seven. Um, something told me they might be that they were heading toward an eight. They gave them a nine. It's not—it's outrageous. They were thirty-one and three, top twenty in every empirical results based metric. There was no justification for for having FAU as a nine. It was—it was a complete joke. I would have had them as a five personally because I thought uh, the record, the dominance—they had seventeen double-digit wins last season. I easily would have had him on the five line, whatever they broke through um, and made it to the final four after narrowly dodging a loss, by the way, against Memphis in the first round. Sometimes you get this with final four teams, either in that first game or second game. They uh, they get a close shave and then you look up and lo and behold, they're on the biggest stage in the sport. FAU continued a trend, by the way, that has been going for more than a decade now, where a five seater worst has made the final four. A quick refresher on that if you've forgotten over the years, I'll start from all the way back in 13. That was Wichita State as a nine. Then you had Kentucky as an eight the next year, Michigan State as a seven, Q's as a 10 in 16. In 2017, Frank Martin, South Carolina cost got there from the seven line. A year later, Cinderella Story, Supreme, Loyalist Chicago, an 11 seed. In 2019, Auburn was on the five line and broke through to the Final Four. No tournament in 20. UCLA went first four to Final Four in 21. And then Carolina, as an eight seed, made it to the title game. This was also true, by the way, in 2010 and 2011. So we've had an interesting pattern going for a while there. And last season, FAU made it yet again. Um, yeah, man. And they were almost, you, you mentioned it before, If not for that, Lamont Butler buzzer beater won the game 72-71. The only do-or-die buzzer beater in Final Four history. where When the shot went up, the team that was shooting the shot was trailing. And if it doesn't go in, they lose. But obviously, SDSU won. Um, And yeah, FAU had a 56-42 lead. I was courtside and was convinced for the entire game, even when the Butler shot... I remember saying this that night. We did the pod GP. I was convinced that the shot wasn't even going in. I thought FAU was going to the title game. Uh, So that's a little bit of a stinger. But... Come on now. Look ahead to this season. Uh, Hopes are high. and, And yes, the pressure and attention around this is going to be interesting because they do bring back almost everyone. Now, you mentioned Michael Forrest, arguably the most important player on the roster because he was the first recruit to commit to Dusty May and his coaching staff. He was the guy that helped build this out. You know, FAU has averaged 20.2 wins in May's five seasons there, never been below 500. They've been a good program since year one. Now, last year was just the mega breakthrough, but they lose the guy who kind of helped start it all. Now, everyone coming back is, is obviously big. And in addition to that, and we'll get to the, I'll let you lay out the roster here in just a second. There's also some positive momentum here. I reported this earlier in April where, you know, because of the run, it wasn't just NIL opportunities for the players, which are so well-earned, right? Those players are able to make uh, plenty of money. And they had none of them left in the transfer portal, which is an accomplishment unto itself. But the program, the men's program alone, I guess the men's and women's have raised more than $11 million for renovations and upgrades. And I guess some of this gets staggered out, but there's $15 million available to be spent on fau athletics in the years to come and i expect that number to go up i expect you know them to implement a a new practice facility uh probably you know probably an impressive practice facility to be honest in addition to upgrades to the arena which i think some were happening this off season and more will come in, in 24 and 25 there so um it's a big jump as needed. They're going into a new league. They were in CUSA, now they're in the American Athletic Conference. Remind the folks about this roster situation because I think people listening to a July podcast, you're pretty in in tune with college hoops, uh, but you might have forgotten a name or two and fau's got dudes man this is i do not expect this to be a flash in the pan by any means
0: neither do i before we get to the roster though just some more numbers from last season to sort of hammer home like this was a good basketball team i i i I know you'll remember um i'm not sure if other people will maybe you won't but there was a point last season we were talking about college of charleston breaking into the ap poll and as i said i'm very happy for charleston very happy for pat kelsey but I don't know why that team is ranked. If you're looking for a mid-major team with a great record to rank, the, the place to look is Florida Atlantic. And then they eventually get into the polls, and they really never stopped being good. They started the season 89th at Ken Palm and finished 17th. So they were supposed to be a top 100 team. They finished as a top 20. Like I mentioned earlier, they were 23rd heading into the NCAA tournament and finished 17th so the idea that all these computer numbers are wildly inflated because of a hot tournament run that's not that's not really it they moved up six spots in the NCAA tournament again they were always good finished 22nd in adjusted offensive efficiency 34th in adjusted defensive efficiency at Ken Palm. they went 18 and 2 in a league with two other top 50 Ken Palm teams North Texas was 31st at Ken Palm, won the NIT Florida Atlantic beat them twice. UAB was 47th at Ken Palm, made the title game of the NIT. Florida Atlantic beat them twice. Florida Atlantic also beat the Florida team that beat Tennessee and Missouri. They beat the Tennessee team. that beat Alabama, Duke, Texas, and Kansas. They beat the Memphis team that beat Houston and Auburn. They beat the Kansas State team that beat Kansas, Texas, Baylor, Michigan State, and Kentucky. They only lost to two sub-50 Ken Palm teams all season. That's the same number as UConn. And in the final 10 weeks of the season, They only lost twice by a total of five points. Yes, it's true. Like you pointed out, they should have, should have, I'll go that far, should have lost to Memphis in the round of 64. You know what else is true? They should have beaten San Diego State in the national semifinals. That's sort of the nature of the NCAA tournament. But even if they would have lost to Memphis in the round of 64, this would still be a preseason top 15 team for me. Yes, it's preseason top five because of what happened in the tournament. But like what happened in the tournament happen in the tournament that should shape the way you think about somebody and that's why Florida Atlantic is uh, going to be the favorite to win the AAC in its first season in the AAC and though going to a final four is um, for in back-to-back years is is I guess technically unlikely just cuz it's technically unlikely for everybody but they have they have a team good enough to do it evidence being that it's basically the same team from last season minus one player and they did it last season Subscribe to Point Forward, the podcast, so you don't
1: miss a thing. Guys, coming back, you got Nellie Davis, who um, had so many bright moments last season, uh, and then an ironic twist. um, You know, had I believe it was Nellie Davis. uh, Had he held the ball for maybe two seconds longer, maybe San Diego State doesn't even get a shot off. Nevertheless, um, great player, uh, great person, inspiring background. He's back. Elijah Martin. Uh, in the tournament itself, I thought Elijah Martin, on balance, was the most important player for the Owls. He returns, and the thing—I I, I don't know—I I watched Fau probably play. Honestly, I probably probably watched them play maybe five times in the regular season, then watched every game in the tournament. And the balance with this team and the composure—like you've got big Vlad, Vlad Golden—he's back. Uh, Nick Boyd had big moments. Brian Greenlee had had uh had plenty of opportunities where he showed his value. Those are the big guys that are back. Then you've got Giancarlo Rosado who returns, Brendan Weatherspoon, and some of these guys, Jalen Gaffney, a former UConn player, is back. Some of these guys, like their stats show that they were role players, but if you really watch the way that May deployed his roster and how he interchanged his guys, FAU had almost as much true depth as any team in the country because everyone really was so adaptable to a variety of different kinds of roles, which made them so dangerous. And so the fact that you bring all of these guys back, um, it will be a, it, it's going to be a collision between all of these expectations. You're not taking anyone uh, by surprise anymore. Right. So that, that, that is going to be there. They are going to play with the target in a way that I do think can have some impact. But I mean, GP, like they went the entire, like they were, they had to a certain degree, they had this last season. They kept winning and winning and winning and winning. So um, should I, do I think it's fair to expect a 30 plus win season again? Personally, I don't, I don't think that's fair, but it would genuinely surprise me if FAU was not top 30 level wire to wire. Uh, and unless they had some injury stuff or, or stuff or something like that, but for background on this, Here's what the previous teams that were quote unquote Cinderella's did the following year after making a final four. So keep this in mind. Mason 2006. That's really the first one Went 18 and 15, the next season made the CAA title game did not qualify for the NIT Butler. Of course, went in 2010, lost to Duke in the title game, made it back to the title game as an, albeit as an eight seed, but they did go back to, uh, to the, to the title game. So they're the best case scenario. If you're curious about, it's not really the the pattern here, but the year after that, um, they, uh, they did not make the tournament, but you know, Brad Stevens had a good thing going there, Wichita state. Um, maybe, maybe this is actually the best case scenario. Butler made a title game. Wichita state went 35 and one. They had an undefeated regular season lost in the second round to Kentucky in maybe a top five tournament game of the past decade. Um, you had, uh, South Carolina in 2018, just kidding, South Carolina, and then Loyola Chicago 2019 went 20 and 14 lost in the first round of the NIT as a seven seed. So we've had some really good success stories. Uh, I think FAU will qualify in the success story category the year after making a Cinderella final four run.
0: That's all great info. The one I need to know is tell me about final four teams that have returned all five starters. What do they do the next year? Uh,
1: I, I would imagine since you had that curiosity, you've done all the exhaustive research and are about, a, are about ready to uh, to inform our listeners of what you found.
0: I've done no research, okay. but because it just popped into my head, I might have tried to look it up or texted somebody and asked them to look it up for me if I'd have thought about it before. In all seriousness, it, it might be the the Florida first national championship team. I wonder. Yeah, and, I wonder. Then the, and then they return all five starters. And I don't know if you heard what they did the next year, but... Uh, <laughs> Same thing. They won the national championship again. Yeah. So what? Fart Atlantic, at worst case scenario, will be in the national semifinals. And, um, you know, from there, we'll see. That's, that's true. Uh, what, what history tells us is if you return all five starters from a Final Four team, you go back to the Final Four. Ask Al Horford. If I'd you love to me. know
1: the actual history of that. Let's just uh, cut it off at the... At the start of the 60 14 field in 85, how many teams made a final four and then the, the subsequent year brought back their entire starting five? Although, did, did, did four, uh, are we counting Forrest? Did Forrest not qualify as the starter here? Was he coming he off start. the bench? He might have come call, off the
0: bench. I call starters people who start. Yeah, I know. I'm looking
1: at Forrest's numbers here. I don't you know, know. Maybe like, I'm a basketball team tr- What's crazy about Forrest here, real quick, because uh, I don't know if I ever wound up writing too much about this last season he at one point in his career was a starter but it kind of spoke to his character and why this whole thing just worked last season as a unit that he was willing to go from you know prized recruit once upon a win that goes to fau picks to play for dusty may at a time when the program obviously is just nothing notable whatsoever and so he becomes a starter is playing a good portion of minutes and then eventually you know he has uh he has a situation where other guys are recruited around him and they ask him to come off the bench and he does it willingly and wantingly, like just really impressive and stuff like that, uh, goes a long way to to team chemistry and team balance. And, and yeah, as we mentioned on an earlier episode, this off season in the spring, I remember catching up with dusty may, I guess it maybe would have been late April or early May. And he was recalling that when he went to the live period stuff to watch high school games in April, when he go in the gym and sit next to some coaches, uh, the thing that coaches wanted to talk to him about or commend him on wasn't necessarily the final four run as amazing that was. It was these guys that either themselves or their assistants or colleagues or whatever are looking in the portal daily by the hour and they're going, give me your secrets. I got to know, man, how the hell at Florida Atlantic, did you just make the final four? And you're telling me you didn't lose one dude in the portal. How did you, you didn't lose your ninth guy. How did you do this? So it is it is rare, it's impressive and and may and and those players should really be uh commended in my opinion for for doing this. Now, it, it doesn't necessarily make it wrong for anyone that wants to go in the portal, but it, you know, it's it's just it's a rare thing, man, and for them to have been able to do this cuz while these FAU players are getting good NIL deals, it's not like no one on this roster is making, you know, $500,000 in NIL money. That's, that's not happening. And not to say that Elijah Martin could have 100% commanded that, but I'll tell you this, guys who are less accomplished and maybe less known than Elijah Martin have gone in the portal and had a representative seek out other schools and be like, my guy wants 300 dollars $350,000. That definitely does happen. Whether those players actually get that money is a whole different story, but it does happen. It wasn't the case here. And because of that, it's why FAU, again, GP's got this team fourth. When I do my top 101 in October, I'm, I'm not going to put FAU top five because I just can't get there. Uh, they had a really good season last season. They did finish 17 at Ken Palm. I will consider them for top 10 status. I'm just not quite sure yet. I got to try and balance what, I, what they are versus an upgrade in conference and, and what they got on the non-con slate and all that stuff.
0: I, I don't mean to come across as a basketball traditionalist, but I tend to call people who start starters. I was checking. Like you have to start. Yeah. You well, he what? was a former starter, so. Yeah, so was I. <laughs> okay. Not in basketball. We, we are hey, I don't think that ever happened. We're all former starters. All right. <laughs> let me uh, let me run down the schedule here. Okay? Let's not lock. Just just while you're running down the schedule. Well, one thing. Yes. The answer to the question these coaches are asking Dusky how did you hold this thing together after a final four? I think he held it together because of a final four. Like, I think that, isn't that the biggest part of it? Like you can really rally everybody and say, we, we just made history. We can do it again. Let's go do it again. Let's stick together. I'm with you. I could leave. I could leave. I know you guys could leave. I know you could go to a bigger program. So could I, why don't we all stick it out right here for a minute? See if we can do this again. I think that I I don't want to say that that would work everywhere. And I don't want to say it's not impressive because it clearly is. But that's that's got to be the message. Right. And if it were a message that my coach, who I loved, was delivering to me in that moment, I would have had a hard time leaving, too. I would have said, yeah, coach, let's run this back.
1: Yeah. And by the way, this is something that these guys will dine out together on for decades to come. And no matter what happens or doesn't happen this season. um yeah, this is going to be a thing where they, you know, whether Dusty May coaches for one more year or 10 more years at FAU, whatever it is, um, that team, that coaching staff. Yeah, they're, they're forever memorialized and remembered and, and lauded and celebrated in, in that area as they should be. And it's something, uh, it's something that they can all uh, yeah, hold yeah. on to. Yeah, awesome. they
0: will ne- none of these guys, I don't believe, I, I don't believe, none of these guys will ever regret staying Yeah, if they would have, le- if they would have left. They would have they regretted it someday. There's, they just
1: would have. Very strong possibility. All right, let's go. A regular season win total here. Here's what... FAU's got all but two games done at this point. Um, the two games they're working on apparently are around Christmas time. And I, I guess they both might be of uh, of decent variety, uh, but we don't know yet know the opponents. I do wonder... There was talk about an Arizona matchup on a neutral, and I, I think that might have... Uh, Waned at a certain point. I wonder if it still might be achievable or not. But if not, they're working on two games that uh, that I don't believe are by game level. So keep that in mind. We are missing two pieces of data. Otherwise, though, it's actually a pretty solid non-con for FAU. Open the season on a neutral against Loyola Chicago. Then they'll play Eastern Michigan and Brian at home. Then they're in the ESPN Invitational. Now we don't have the matchups on that yet. But here are the other seven teams in that: Boise State, Butler, Iowa State, Penn State, Texas A&M, VCU and Virginia Tech. Complete side note, that's got Penn State and VCU in that. I would imagine those teams will be on separate portions of the bracket because VCU's old coach is Penn State's new coach. But boys, um, FAU is in that. They'll play three of those teams. Then they've got, uh, shouts to our, our friends at Field of 68. They are uh, sponsoring a, uh, a three-team MTE, I guess, and FAU is hosting it. And the three teams are FAU, Liberty, and Charleston, so those teams will all play each other. Liberty first, and then Charleston for FAU on November 30th and December 2nd. Then this is what a Final Four run can do for you. FAU's in the Jimmy V Classic. They're going to play Illinois at MSG on December 5th. They'll host FAU as usual. They'll play St. Bonaventure and a Hall of Fame event. And then they are moving to the American. So all that considered, I think I know where you're going with this. I tried to dial back the expectations just a little bit. The conference CUSA was solid last year. The American is going down in quality, but overall it is an upgrade in conference. They are going to make the jump into the American and the non-conference schedule has plenty of challenges and they'll probably play at least one more team. That's of top 40 variety. So keep that in mind as well. GP with that being said, regular season 31 game slate. I am actually going to set the over under for FAU at 22.5 wins. Where are you going? Oh, I'm soaring over that.
0: Soaring, soaring like an owl. <laughs> soaring like an owl. How do owls fly like this? With their wings. Yeah. Look at me. I'm soaring like an owl <laughs> there. You go. Yeah, bringing it back. There I'm soaring like an owl straight over that total number. Are you adding it drives, your line? Your eyes are like an owl? 22 a and a half? That's disrespectful. Yeah. You know what? Maybe it is. That is that's the most disrespectful stuff I've heard all week. I'm
1: motivating the entire team. I'm sure the, the entire the, I'm down to the last guy on the end, end of the bench listening to this episode. I
0: mean, this is the this is f- this is Florida Atlantic. It is. FAU. 22 and a half. Boca Raton. That's the most disrespectful thing I've ever heard. You call, you call Dusty May your friend. And then you I, him I, like I, that. I,
1: I, I call him a dedicated listener to the podcast. He's, I hope he's my friend. He's not. In fact, we, are, we have already established that. We have already established that's the case. He is not. He, I he believe
0: is. in Dusty May more than the, you believe you're in You're trying Dusty to rewrite
1: history. You're trying to rewrite history. We all know. You've you've besmirched the name of FAU multiple times over the year. He's gonna be amazing at Indiana. Like oh, I believe gosh. in him. I actually done that's gonna be if if that ever happens, I I don't know if how you're gonna actually that maybe that fits perfectly. Um because you have uh you have downplayed Dusty May's program for years and then him going to Indiana would only be perfect, wouldn't it? I'm a,
0: uh, am never gonna say another Indiana coach is gonna be amazing. I'm done okay. predicting. I'm done predicting amazing things for that place. <laughs> All right. How many, what's, what's FAU's regular season record? I'm flying over the over. Okay. They're going to lose two non-league games and people are going to freak out. I'm flying over the Atlantic. They're going to lose two. Look at me. I think I would be good at (laughs) flying. That
1: I think, I think you're just, you've gone from the out of the pop and lock. I think that's what you started doing.
0: Uh-oh. I'm like that thing in front of a car lot, you know, yes. that blows up. Yes. Yes, That's what I, I'm not even an owl. You gotta I'm, get your I'm basically I'm <laughs> yes. basically at a car lot. Yes. I think I'm an owl. But inflatable I'm, man. I think yes. I'm an owl, but I'm really the thing at the car lot. Oh my gosh. Life What's is correct. Be- Two non-league losses and people are going to freak out and they're going to be dumb. And then I'm going to give them three league losses. Wow. So they're going to be AAC champions. Um, although, like, if you realize at this point, if Memphis gets DeAndre Williams eligible, Memphis will be ahead of Florida Atlantic preseason at BartTorvik.com. Well, you
1: got you got a situation to figure out there. They
0: got a roster tool over there at BartTorvik.com. If you add DeAndre Williams to the current roster, even if you take Mikey uh, Williams out because he allegedly fired a gun into a car filled with people, um, Memphis is ninth in the country at that point, according to BartTorvik.com. I still think I will still have Florida Atlantic picked to win the AAC no matter what. So, two non league losses, three league losses, 31 minus five. 26 26. wins heading into the AAC tournament.
1: Uh, Nada, can you remember off the top of your head? We just did the Duke episode. So, does that mean GP's highest win total so far in this series have? Well, did Duke also get 26 wins?
0: I think Creighton got 26. Duke and Creighton both got 26. There we go. Okay. I'm just Uh, like a terrible gambler taking the overs everywhere. You are.
1: I know that's... I'm trying to be pragmatic about this and be as accurate as possible. I'm trying Uh, to be... Paris is just trying to... Fan bases. That's basically what it comes down to. I just want people Uh, to like
0: me at this point.
1: uh, You got to stand up for your principles and what you believe and not be afraid by the... I
0: believe in wanting people to like me.
1: I'm going to say one of the two games that we don't know about will be a quality opponent and I'm going to mark that down for a loss. Um, I think that FEU will take at least one loss in the ESPN Invitational. So that's two... Call it Illinois maybe three, um, so I'll say three non-league losses, and then yeah, the American is an upgrade, and the travel is also like that league is uh, is one of the more difficult uh, travel leagues in the country because of how the schedule breaks down. I got them losing five in in league play, which isn't that bad. So I've got FAU at twenty three and eight this upcoming season, and easily clearing it back into the NCAAs. So what would be hilarious is if they get in at twenty three and eight and wind up with the nine seed a year after a three loss team out of cusa got a nine seed we know how that can go but our, our hopes are both high gp's got them top five i would expect i'll have them somewhere in the top 15
0: shouts to devin downey shouts to chester south carolina shouts to Hook larnell thank you guys once again for listening watching i on college basketball podcast if you're not subscribed please go subscribe anywhere you subscribe to podcasts including apple and spotify rate it review it Leave a comment. There's more of us than there are of them. That needs to be uh, reflected in those comments. Thank you in advance. If uh, you're about to do it, if you've already done it, we owe you forever. Oh, we got uh, what we got coming up next. <laughs> What's next? Two more episodes. Two more week. episodes. I believe if my alphabetical order is correct. Yes. One will be on Gonzaga. Yes. And the other will be on Kelvin Sampson's Houston Cougars. Nailed it. I can't wait. Talk to you soon. Bye bye. Bye.
1: Let's go. It's the most all
0: star studded challenge ever. And this time, it's every competitor for themselves. Best challenge ever. The Challenge All Stars. New season now streaming on Paramount Plus. Go
1: to paramountplus.com to try it free. Terms apply.